Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to Golf in the Northwest podcast on 1080thefan.com. Brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Doing the right thing matters. The latest tips and equipment to improve your game. The latest from the leaderboards and your favorite courses. This is Golf in the Northwest, an action-packed hour about everything golf. Brought to you on the fan by Royal Exteriors. Triple pane windows for up to 60% less than double pane. RoyalExteriorsLLC.com. And by Laurelhurst Market, more than just your family neighborhood steakhouse. Now with award-winning PGA professional Harold Bluestein, here's your host, Jason Swigard. And a fine good morning to you all. Harold and I back in the studio after a couple of weeks on the road. Want to thank uh, everybody out at Pumpkin Ridge and the Winco Foods Portland Open. A spectacular tournament last weekend. We had a great time out there, and uh, no better finish to the weekend than seeing Scott Harrington get his PGA Tour card after so many years uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour trying to make it happen. Can you imagine being out there 14 years and and waiting to get your card and then finally getting it? He was was definitely in a certain zone all week. You could tell even when he did the interview with you. It was yeah, when like we talked to him on Friday. Right there. He was, you know, his mind was, was focused and he pulled it off. Uh, you were there when he finished. Yeah, I stayed. What were his emotions? When he, he, he was just, you saw the relief and, and tears and that hug with his wife on the 18 green. And then I got a chance to, uh, we had a little gaggle after he uh, signed his card uh-huh. uh, over there and he just, you know, so much coming out of it. I, I, he still was taking it all in. So, um, and we'll get to uh, inside the ropes here in a little bit. He is playing in the Colum- I asked him, I said, is Columbus on hold? And because he's got his card, but he's playing for uh, priority now. Right. Only the number one guy is uh, exempt all the way through uh, coming off the Corn Ferry Tour. So he's trying to get his status up as high as possible. But, uh, but yeah, he was... He just, uh, I, I, he probably slept as well as he slept in, I don't know how long, <laughs> Sunday night for when he finally got to sleep because I know he had friends and family. I was walking around Saturday and Sunday with his brother who was uh, all sorts of fired up uh, for him, uh, kind of having the emotional outlet for him as he was trying to keep it together. Yeah, that was pretty exciting. And then on the other hand, you had that kid, India, who... Oh, that was... That who, was yeah. It was so painful to watch him on 18, and it was, and I give the I give him a lot of credit. He gave an interview after yeah. that, but I, I don't know if I could have done that. That was devastating. That was. He went from having a PGA Tour card to then being in the finals to being completely out of the finals and having go to go to Corn Ferry Q School. That's what, what that event out at Pumpkin Ridge. It, you saw that. He was right. He was the group right in front of uh, Scott Harrington, right. who then came through and and had the story of finally getting the PGA Tour card after all those years, and then Bo Hogue uh, winning the event 
and uh, he's going to the PGA Tour for the first time. A lot of first-timers with this graduating class coming from Winco this year. Only a couple of guys who are returning. It's pretty exciting to see the new players come in, and we've seen it in the past. You've got Tony Finau. You've got Justin Thomas. You'd see all these young yep. stars coming up and playing well. It's, I, I think the tour is in good hands uh, going forward. No question, and hopefully, as much as we love uh, love following Scotty the last few years, hopefully we don't see him back there anytime soon. Uh, busy, busy show today. Uh, now that uh, the Winco uh, is uh, come and gone for the year, uh, the LPGA Tour will be here in a couple of weeks. The defending champion at the Portland Classic, Marina Alex, she's going to join us in studio here. So uh, that's going to happen in about six minutes, seven minutes. So we're going to whip through uh, the two tours of, of note. And then uh, Todd Sones, who is a, a master PGA uh, instructor, uh, especially focusing on putting. He's got a new book, so we're going to talk to him and ask the pro. So without further ado, let's get inside the ropes. It's time for an insider's look at the leaderboards. The latest on all tours, plus local golf events and golf news. This is Inside the Ropes, part of Golf in the Northwest. Brought to you on the fan by Royal Exteriors. Triple pane windows for up to 60% less than double pane. RoyalExteriorsLLC.com we mentioned uh, just two tours of note. Uh, we'll start on the Corn Ferry Tour. They are in their finals. So this is guys who finished 1 through 75 on the Corn Ferry Tour, guys that finished 126 through 200 on the PGA Tour. They are in Columbus, Ohio for the Nationwide Children's Hospital Championship. Uh, Kevin Doherty is your leader at 8 under par. Brandon Hagee, Brendan Todd. Uh, ben Taylor's at five under. Scott Harrington has uh, had a flurry of birdies uh, finishing up yesterday. His second round got to five under. He is tied for fourth. Victor Hovland also tied there with him. Uh, ben Crane, however, is fighting for his tour card. Uh, he missed the cut at plus three. And so he's going to have his work to do in Boise next week. And then uh, the Corn Ferry Tour Finals the following week to try and get enough points to get his tour card. Well, we remember Kevin Doherty from last year when he needed a chip in, uh, on the uh, 72nd hole, came up like an inch short, and he didn't get his card. Not there. And, I think he got it in the in the tour in the tour finals. Right, but he's back and playing really well. Victor Hovland, who uh, is really, we talk about bright young stars and a nice kid. This kid's fun to watch. Good player. A little funky in his golf swing, but that's. <sighs> That's How great. good was that Oklahoma State team a couple of years ago? My goodness. Yeah, well, they won everything. You had everything. Wolf, and then you had um, Ventura, who was playing amongst the leaders uh, at, at Pumpkin last week, too. All those guys were on that Oklahoma State team. Insane. Yeah, they're, they're crazy. Uh, college golf uh, is, is doing a lot of good things. But some of these players are leaving early and going out on tour, and I can't blame them. The money's too good. No, the money's money's just too much to pass up, and the sooner you can get your card, the better. So that leaves the PGA Tour, second of the three FedEx Cup playoff events, the BMW Championship, Medina Country Club just outside of Chicago. Hideki Matsuyama shoots a course record 63 in round two. He is at 12 under, one shot clear of Patrick Cantlay and Tony Finau. Both those guys trying to play their way into President's Cup qualifying status. I would imagine both those guys are going to be captain's picks if they don't do pull it off this week. Justin Thomas there at 10 under. Uh, as for some of the notable names, Ricky Fowler, 
uh, is at seven under along. Wyndham Clark got a hot start here in round three. Rory McIlroy's at eight under. JT, we mentioned at 10 under. Brooks Kepka at five under par. He is the number one leader for the FedEx Cup points. He's looking to have a big weekend and try and uh, get closer to that $15 million jackpot for the FedEx Cup winner. Yeah, Hideki, he putted so well, and he's not known for his putting. It was, he, he came in uh, entering the week at 114th in strokes gained putting. Uh, Tita Green, he's always been great. Interesting, it, it, we talk about golf swings, and you recall uh, watching him, he had that huge pause at the top of his backswing. Uh, he also had that in his putting stroke. And for our lis- listeners, you can often often – uh, determine your ball flight by how you putt. The mistakes you make may be smaller in putting, but they will rear their ugly head in the full swing. He eliminated that pause and is putting quite well. As for Phil and Tiger, uh, unless they have a big weekend, all 70 players will play four rounds. They need a huge, huge movement today to play themselves into the top 30 to be there at Eastlake next week. Inside the Ropes, brought to you by Royal Exteriors. Triple-pane windows for up to 60% less than double-pane Royal Exteriors, LLC.com. When we come back, Marina Alex joining us here in studio. She's the defending champion of the uh, Portland Classic, presented by Cambia, coming to Columbia Edgewater here in a couple of weeks. It's Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back in to Golf in the Northwest here. Another uh, gorgeous August morning in the Pacific Northwest, and it's uh, being made a little bit more gorgeous by our guest in studio here, defending champion of the Portland Classic, Marina Alex in studio. I already got her laughing, so I think you're going to get along with us just <laughs> yeah, fine. We're, I think we'll be okay. How you doing? Great. Yeah, glad, just, glad to have yeah. you with us here. Yeah, it's wonderful. I'm happy to be back. I love Portland. Well, and we hear that from all the women on the tour. This is one of their favorite stops, pushing five decades now that it's been a regular uh, stop on the LPGA Tour. What did you hear about it for when you first got on tour from some of the veterans there, and did it live up to your expectations when you finally won last year? Yeah, it, it actually was one of my very first um, LPGA events that I got gotten into, My technically my rookie year, 2013. Um, didn't play a whole lot, but this was like my third start, and I absolutely loved it. Um, the golf course is incredible. I didn't make the cut, but... I was able to explore. So I think that's when I really fell in love. Um, I drove to Mount Hood and checked out some other places along the Columbia River. And that's when I was like, oh, I can't, I can't wait to get back. And <laughs> I've been back ever since. Well, it's a beautiful country that, that we live in here. It, we travel up the Columbia River Gorge all the time. Mm-hmm. Do you go up there to Maloma? Maloma I've, Falls? I've been there, yeah. I've, yeah. Like every year that I've been here, and the past couple of years I haven't done as much um, – like outdoor activity type stuff. But the first few years I like made a point to do something every time I, I came here because often like we go to places and, and there could be a lot to do, but um, you get distracted obviously with the work aspect of everything and you don't really make the time to explore the places that you're in. Um, but this is one of the few areas I consistently always want to find something to do because I love it so much here. Yeah, it's great. We, you know, Swag and I have been here forever. We love it. Yeah. Columbia Edgewater, great golf course. What do you like about that golf course, and what about it fits your game? It's funny. Um, I always get asked 
when I'm playing pro-ams or just like random um, people that want to talk about the tour and all of that. And they're like, oh, what, you know, what's the best course you play or what's your favorite course, you know, on tour? And for me, um, Columbia, in terms of the courses that we play every year, the ones that are always on the rotation, I think it's the best course that we play um, consistently year in and year out. It's always in perfect shape for starters. And the layout is great. Um, it requires you to hit both a fade and a draw in a lot of different areas. You have to hit the fairway to have good access to making birdies. But it's like if you're doing that, you know, if you're hitting it well, you can make putts and you can shoot a good score. And if you're not, you're going to get penalized. So I feel like it's very fair. And the greens are always in great shape. Oh, always in great shape. The oars are rolling, like, anywhere from, I don't know, 11 to a 12 each year. So yeah. that's nice. Yeah, it is. It's great. Marina Alex, our guest here in studio, Golf in the Northwest. She's going to be back in a few weeks for the Portland Classic Labor Day weekend. Tickets on sale now at portlandclassic.com. You tied the course record uh, with a 62 in the opening round last year. So I'm sure that maybe influences how much you like this course. No, I, I mean, it does, obviously. But I, I still would answer that question the same way. Um, if you take away everything from last year, I still would tell you that this is probably my favorite course on the rotation i think here and um kings mill are are my two favorites um but i kind of like this one better i i also just love the trees on the course so i think <laughs> that um that one this gets always like a little bit of a higher notch in my mind because it's just like aesthetically so beautiful and like the smell is great and you're out there and you just like feel really good when you're out on the golf course we got that first victory last year uh this year you've had a great year yeah. Clinched a spot, it looks like, on the Solheim Cup yeah, for the first time. I'm really excited. But still looking for the follow-up win, sure. maybe more consistent this year. But what's been keeping you from maybe getting that second win? I don't know. I don't know if it's – it's hard. Um, I've been trying to figure it out a little bit. You know, last year, 2018 season was just, like, so good. Um, obviously, the win here. But prior to that, you know, I'd had um, a tied for second in – phoenix at the founders cup and a like a couple third place finishes and a, and a couple instances where like i would go out you know maybe not really that close to the lead but within striking distance and i would have like really great sundays didn't the result didn't amount to a victory at that point in time but like to me it was like really confidence building and um and I've been struggling a little bit to kind of put all that together again this year. It could be expectation. It, you know, it could be just because it seemed like it was coming a little bit easier last year that I, I think that that's how it should be, you know, every time I'm out there now, which is not <laughs> the case. Um, so it's a learning curve still. Everything's a learning curve. And I'm trying to just get a little bit more. Um, it's not confidence. It's just I think maybe just not um, – worrying so much about the result and just like letting that come back naturally again and just going out and, and doing everything ABC, you know, process. Um, I think maybe I've gotten a little bit out of that this year. And truthfully, Solheim probably wasn't helping the equation um, mm -hmm. because, you know, you're looking at trying to get points. You're looking at trying to maintain your Rolex ranking. So that's when things really start getting out of, you know, doing your job and you're worried more about what, what you're finishing at, you know, and what you're shooting and not necessarily like everything else well, that goes into it. I'm curious how conscious 
uh, all the players are, American players out there, about Solheim Cup? Because we've only seen two individual winners, and then there was a team victory with American player so far this season. Is yeah. is that a contributing factor, or is it just coincidence this season? Um, I think that, you know, everyone is playing really solid. I just think that if you look at the results, like, so Nelly has won this year. Lexi won. Lexi. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you. But, you know, you look at Lizette. She literally finished mm-hmm. yeah. one shot out of winning a major championship. And it's mm-hmm. not like things happen. Um, she played phenomenally. So, again, like, it's it almost was out of her control at that point. Like, the other girl just made an unbelievable putt on 18. And, and that ended up being the result. Um, and if you look at a lot of the tournaments, um, you'll see – Americans are playing super solid. I mean, making the team this go-around has been tough, and I know that it's going to come down to the wire at Canada for the last two spots for sure, like one on points and, and the world ranking spots. So it's it's very competitive. It just may not seem dominant to, um, you know, if you're glancing at an overview, if you're just looking at wins. Um, but if you're looking at overall consistent performance, I think it's pretty good. I think so too, and it may not translate yeah. into into victories right now, but it seems pretty solid. Mm. Now, as far as your own game, do you look at your stats for strengths and weaknesses? Yeah, that's what I should be focusing more on, and I was doing that a really uh, a lot last year. Um, ball striking, you know, greens and regulation, mm-hmm. um, driving mm-hmm. accuracy. Driving distance is kind of tough. I mean, you know, it's just you hit it as far as you hit it, and, right. and that's that. So. Um, for me, it's just like hitting as many fairways as I can. Um, and putting and all the, those stats are, it's more like putts per green regulation, but, and then a lot of that also depends on how well you're hitting your irons too. So I try to look at the stats. I should probably keep some of my own stats, like in a stat system, but it's like a, it's a lot of work. Well, it's, <laughs> well, it's, and, yeah, and I, it is a lot of work and you can get lost in the, yeah, the, I, I'm, I'm one of those um, people where if you give me a little too much, like sometimes yeah. I can run with it to a point that's like not beneficial. Um, so like track mans are not for me and things like that where I'm just like, I should just stay away from all that. Um, I have a good sense though of what I feel like I need to work on and where I think I'm um, maybe falling short. And I, you know, I try and put in the work to, to get it better, but it just, Sometimes that happens, and the results come, and sometimes it doesn't. So well, with a busy season, do you have time to actually work on those things? Yeah, I try to. Yeah. Um, you know, a bulk of the work gets done, obviously, off-season. But, you know, I would say up through maybe May. Mm-hmm. And then once you really get into the swing of playing, I mean, I – I just got done with playing nine out of 11 weeks. So at that point, it's like all bets are off and you're kind of just out there, you know, competing. Yeah. And it's interesting what develops when you're competing over a course of time like that. Sometimes things actually get better because you're you're so into just like the grind. You're you're more in the zone consistently. You're worried a lot less about technical things and Mm -hmm. you're just worried about, you know, hitting the ball, hitting your target, putting the ball in the hole on the green. And sometimes things actually improve. Um, so, Marina Alex, our guest here in studio, defending champion for the Portland Classic uh, presented by Cambia. Uh, that's coming up Labor Day weekend. Tickets are available at portlandclassic.com. You mentioned playing nine out of 11 weeks, and people who assimilate that to a PGA Tour just think, ah, oh, that's a lot of flying 
back and forth across the country. No, 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 no. You're in Europe for half of the- You guys play on four different continents during the schedule. Yeah. I don't think average golf fans maybe understand the difference in the LPGA Tour being an international tour and how that sets. How do you go about setting up a schedule knowing the events that, that you want to commit to every year? So it starts usually with majors. Um, and it's funny, we had back-to-back majors this year. And, and I remember maybe about a month ago, I was watching something on, maybe it was Twitter, and Justin Rose was going on about how he didn't think the majors were spaced out enough. <laughs> I didn't I didn't do any kind of partaking, but I want to say someone on our tour was just like, well, how about playing back-to-back majors there, buddy? Um, but, yeah, so majors are 100% the priority. You know, you if you know you're definitely playing in them and then you figure out what works for you, you know, do you like playing the week before? Do you like playing the week mm-hmm. after? Um, for me, I've kind of realized that maybe the week before is not that beneficial for me. Um you know, if I'm playing well, regardless of whether it's a major, um, just any event, a three-day event, a four-day event, it doesn't matter, you're putting so much energy and um, emotionally and mentally into that, that if you're wiped the next week, which you usually are a little bit, um, you know, it's hard to then prep for a major uh, if you've just had a phenomenal week the week before. And it's not that those weeks aren't important either, but you also just like want to peak maybe at the right times. So for me, still in my, what is it, sixth, seventh year playing, like I'm still figuring out some of that, like looking at my results and looking at how well I play going into those weeks, you know, what's like the right formula for me. So starts there and then I just go based on like courses that I have done well at. So five majors too many? No, I don't think it's too many. Yeah. Um, I just think that, you know, you need to pace yourself and, yeah. like, understand what your limits are. You know, can you play four weeks in a row? Some people can. Um, is it just three? You know, is it two, one-off? Like, I don't know. Everyone's kind of different. So it's just kind of a personal preference at, at what you do your best at. Well, you're able to get a little break. You skipped yeah. the Scottish. You went down Michelle Wee, got married. You she were did. there. Yeah, it was amazing. Hanging out with some Hollywood uh, NBA stars, playing some <laughs> golf. I think that's what everybody wants to know. Can I Steph know. Curry actually play? Oh, that guy can ball. I was like the first hole. I was terrified because I'm like, I cannot lose to this guy. Like, I'm a, I'm a professional golfer. This is my job. Was there a little this side is, action on that? No, this was all pride. He's loaded, um, by the way. No, 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 no. Um, I, that was another, I was like, I can't, I can't even make a bet with this guy. Um, I don't even have that kind of cash. Um, but first hole we played Riviera and it's a par five. So we teed off from the same tees. And he hits a three wood and a six iron onto the green to like 10 feet for eagle. And I was like, oh my goodness, like what? I I can see why he has played the web and he's really, really good. I was so impressed. Um, One day if he wanted to actually play after he's done playing basketball, he definitely could. Um, There's a future in that for him. He's just, I was like shocked actually. (laughs) Um, He kind of like slowed down a little bit towards the end of the round, maybe got a little tired. I mean, it's tough when you really don't play golf all the time, you know, to keep in it for 18 holes. And, like, there's definitely, like, a mental component to, like, grinding Mm -hmm. it out that long. Um, But the first nine, you know, he was probably, like, a couple under. Um, Yeah. 
So did you talk a little trash in the back nine? Eventually, yeah. yeah. Not comfortable yeah. enough. <laughs> Get a little tired here. You want me to carry yeah, your I bag know. for you? Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a ton of fun. He's a super nice guy, and we also played with Andre, who's equally as nice and really good. Um, he'd only been playing maybe like he said five years, yeah. and he was solid. Yeah, wow. I was impressed. They love to play. They play all the time on the road. I think so. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Anytime. Yeah. It's it's different though when it goes from a hobby to yeah. trying to make it a, a profession or yeah. a career at that point, yeah. and that's sometimes a lot of the things. That's what Tony Romo's finding out too. But I it's, think he might have a different. shot. At the, like there's probably a lot of overlaps, um, but then golf is like a weird thing. That's like you're in your own headspace so much that. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you're in your own headspace when you're involved in team sports at that level, but maybe a little bit less. Um, I can't say for sure because I have well, no different. experience with that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the the individuality of golf really kind of makes it tricky. So uh, good question there Yeah, about that, that chatter that goes on. And you talked mm -hmm. about confidence. And how do you deal with, with that internal chatter? Yeah, it's hard. Um, you have a lot of weird conversations with yourself. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Um, you know, you can go from being like, man, I'm terrible, and what am I doing out here, and, like, this is the worst, to, like, oh, I just made two birdies, and, like, everything's great, and I'm fine. Um, so, you know, it's kind of, it's tricky. You kind of just need to dismiss um, the weird things that you might often say to yourself. Like, most everyone does it, and... It's normal, I think. It's natural. You know, you put a lot of effort into it, and you're practicing, and all of it that, you know, it's it's all your own, and yes, you, we have caddies, and we do make decisions together, but at the end of the day, you know, you're hitting the shots, so it's like when something doesn't go right, it's all pretty much back on you, and, and that can be hard to handle when you feel like you're trying your absolute best, mm -hmm. and the result is so far from what you have practiced so far from things that you know you're capable of doing. And I think that gets to be the toughest part. It's mm -hmm. like, so you look at a lot of players, yeah. they're incredibly good. They, they can hit all the shots and they've hit all the shots in competition and they have, you know, amazing years. And then they're like, whoa, what happened? It's not working. It's hard to like wrap your brain around why it just kind of vanishes, whether it's temporarily or not. So um, you have to just like, push that all out you know you like you let it happen i do i'm right. like okay this this is occurring right now it'll pass like i'll get over this um but it's tough to not let it like really fester and and like kind of take hold that's where it gets tricky you kind of just need to keep working on pushing it out wrapping things up here with marina alex in studio defending champion uh, she'll be back in a couple of weeks to defend her title at the portland classic out of columbia edgewater so to canada mm -hmm. coming up and then back and then knowing you're going to be on the yeah. Solheim, how does that change your preparation or does it for these two events? No, not no. really. Um, you know, going into the year, the Solheim is great. It's something you want, but it's one, it's one week out of the year, you know, mm -hmm. and it, and it really has no bearing on the rest of the year in terms of what you qualify for, all those kinds of things. So you need to just focus on the season, you know, and, and that and then if if you have this extra week you do which is amazing i'm so excited i do um but it's not going to change how i go into these weeks if anything it might make me a little bit more diligent even um because you want to go in in good form so 
Well, we're looking for that good form uh, yep. here in a couple Hopefully. of weeks back at Columbia Edgewater. It's been a pleasure having you in studio Thanks, this guys. morning. Marina Alex, uh, defending champion out at the Portland Classic presented by Cambia. Uh, again, tickets available, portlandclassic.com. It'll be Labor Day weekend, August 29th uh, through September 1st. We look forward to seeing you out yeah. there. Everyone come watch Columbia Edgewater. It's the best. There you go, Marina. Thanks so much for uh, joining us here in studio. Bye. Thanks, guys. You bet. We'll come back uh, with uh, our Ask the Pros segment here as we continue on. It's Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Tips for your game from award-winning PGA instructor Harold Bluestein. It's time to Ask the Pro on Golf in the Northwest. Brought to you on the fan by Laurelhurst Market. Welcome back in to Golf of the Northwest here. Our thanks to Marina Alex uh, for joining us in studio as she gets set to defend her title at the uh, Portland Classic coming up in a couple of weeks. But right now, we're very pleased to have joining us uh, in our Ask the Pros segment, one of the top teaching pros uh, in all of golf. Uh, he uh, is a teacher at Impact Golf. Uh, his new book is called In the Zone, Learn to Putt Like a Champion. Todd Soane's joining us. Good morning, Todd. Thanks for taking some time. Thanks, guys. Great to have me on your show. I appreciate it. Well, we appreciate it, too, uh, trying to help everybody here. As uh, Summer has been as mild as uh, we've had in the last few years, so a lot of people in the Pacific Northwest getting out trying to get their uh, last uh, rounds of golf in and probably like me frustrated by the uh, amount of putts they're lipping out leaving short uh, you've worked with some of the uh, great pros over the years what uh, what developed your passion for teaching the game and, and more specifically with this book putting well I mean what developed my passion for teaching the game was I like helping people and um, you know I got into the business 37 years ago with the goal of being kind of an operator, run a club. Um, and so I did that, and, you know, and as I was running, you know, I was the director of golf at Conway Farms in Lake Forest, Illinois. And what I quickly realized, the part of my day that I liked most was when I was on the lesson tee, helping people play better golf. And, score, and really, then it morphed into really helping them score better, not just hit the ball better. Todd, I feel the same way. I got tired of looking for umbrellas that people lost, and I uh, realized that I, I could do more good out on the lesson team, making them better players. Uh, putting is such a huge part of our game. When I taught, I taught from the putting green out to the tee. Uh, is that an approach that you take? You know, some not really. To be really frank about it, I just look at each player – um, and try to figure out what they need to score better and approach it from, you know, an individual standpoint. Some people need to start, you know, in their putting. But it, it, people love to hit the golf ball salad. I totally get that. You know, so whether or not you're sculling chips or hitting poor bunker shots or you can't drive it or you can't make putts, I mean, really doing a game assessment and figuring out where the best, you know, we're the best place to invest your time and resources so that you score better and enjoy lower score. What I will tell you is this. Anybody that is, is scoring better than they're used to will enjoy the game at a higher level. So trying to figure out, and for most people, they do need to work on their putting because that's where they can impact their score the fastest. So you have written several books, and this latest being In the Zone for, for Putting. I read the book yesterday. It's absolutely fantastic. One of the few books that I've read recently 
uh, on golf that I didn't need uh, cliff notes uh, to understand. It's it's really well laid out. I what really struck me as something that's very important in my teaching, and that is setup. And yep. you start there. Uh, give our listeners a little uh, synopsis on how important setup is in playing the game. Well. Um, I mean, it's important in every aspect of the, you know, whether it's full swing, short game, or putting. Um, you know, what I would tell you from the time, the season, I worked with a number of tour players, um, a number of tour players. I mean, Hillary Lunke, who won the U.S. Open, Steve Jones won the U.S. Open, and I would tell you this, I've never had a conversation with a tour player after they've putted well where they say they were working on the mechanics of their stroke. They're always, they say the same thing. Um, the ball was rolling straight. I was trusting my stroke. I was going through my pre-shot routine, and the ball was going in. And so they're, they're thoughtless when they putt. And yet when they putt poorly, they're very mechanical. They're analytical. And so what I believe is that if you can teach in a way where you understand the setup and how the setup influences the stroke, you can fix someone's stroke without having them think about their stroke. That's always my goal is, is how can I impact the putting stroke without having someone conscious of it. So I put a lot of time into the, the first chapters of the book explaining the setup, the, the six main fundamentals of the setup, how they influence your natural stroke, because I know that if you set up properly that you're going to putt well, and if you set up poorly, you're going to putt poorly. So it starts with the setup with me. Todd Sones is our guest. Uh, his website, ToddSones, S-O-N-E-S dot com. Uh, his Impact Golf Schools, he's, he's the owner there. Uh, and the recent winner of the Horton Smith Award from the PGA Tour for uh, contributing to member education. His new book is In the Zone, Learn to Putt Like a Champion. Uh, what for a hacker like me out there, bogey golfer who really loves the game, maybe doesn't have as much time to devote to it as he would like, what are some of the things that can be implemented without hours and hours and hours on a practice green to help putt more like a champion? Well, I break, I break putting down into four categories. Roll the ball straight, speed control, reading greens, and then alignment in that order. You know, you can read a green and line the face, but if you can't roll it straight, it really doesn't matter. So it all starts with rolling the ball straight with me. So, you know, spending time on your setup, you know, it's very simple to me if you just, here's a simplistic way to set up to the putt. Get your eyes over the inside edge of the golf ball. Get your hands underneath your shoulders. Stand and learn where balance is. You should be on the balls of your feet. So I always ask people to tap their heels. So proportionately, they're more weight on the balls of the feet. The heels are on the ground, but they're able to be tapped. And, and then make sure the putter fits, you know, between your eyes and where your hands come to rest. So the putter's got to fit for you to be in the right setup. So if you can get the right putter and get tilted with your eyes over the ball, your hands under your shoulders, and learn just to stay still, you should at least start making solid contact. You know, if you can do that, roll it straight, then you can start developing speed control. And you bring up the right putter. And there are racks and racks of putters from people to choose from. I have a garage full. I try to keep it limited to one or two, but... I'd prefer it was just one. How do you fit a putter? Well, that's the key. You know, so many, we've done it backwards in the industry for so long. People have, have basically gotten used to doing the wrong thing to get um, fit. And I look at it like this. Learn to set up properly and have the putter fitted to you. You know, I can actually, I have a, um, 
a thing on my website I'm developing, which will be on score, the Scoring Zone. I have a separate website called thescoringzone.com, and people can go on that website and put in their height and their knuckles to ground, and it will tell you the length putter you should have and the gram weight it should be. So then you have to learn to set up to it properly. But I've got a lot of resources to do that. I think if people go to, to uh, www.scoringzone.com and, you know, I have a whole putting series that they can um, look at as well as the book. A lot of resources out there for people like that want help. Todd Sones is our guest here, uh, scoringzone.com or toddsones.com, S-O-N-E-S. Uh, as far as uh, grips, we see all sorts of, you know, depending on the type of putter that you have. Uh, we see Matt Kuchar out there who runs that long uh, grip up his elbow. We still see guys like Adam Scott who go to the, the long putter just away from the chest so it's not anchored. Traditional putters, how does somebody decide to go about what might be the most comfortable grip, uh, claw, traditional, low hand left, uh, what's going to be most effective? What's the best way? Is it just trial and error? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I spent, you know, there's a whole chapter on, on learning what grip works for you in the book. And, I, and, and there's two chapters, chapters six and seven, about fitting a putter. So there's a lot of information about getting fit. Um, now, as far as what grip works for you, both grip style, um, as far as how your hands are placed on it, is it left hand low or lead hand low or claw or conventional, and then what what style of factual grip, you know, a, a super stroke select or a fact, you know, there's so much stuff out there. You've just got to do some experimentation, and I, I think you do have to start with information though, and knowledge. If you have no idea where to start, there's so much out there that, you know, you could spend a lot of time trying to figure it out, and I think you've got to have a baseline of knowledge. So hopefully people will get the book and read about it before they start experimenting because it, it'll be a shortcut for them. Todd, one of the things that I hear quite often from uh, one amateur to another uh, when their playing partner misses a putt is, oh, you decelerate it, or you got to accelerate more. And nothing could be further from the truth than as far as some of the, the efforts that they make in the stroke. Uh, you talk quite a bit about the the putting stroke being a pendulum motion. Can you uh, explain a little bit more about that? Yes. I always like to say gravity controls speed. So what that means, if you think about a pendulum, the, when the weight of a pendulum goes back, it also goes up. So the further it goes back, the higher it's going to swing. Therefore, the faster it's going to swing. The mistake that most amateurs make is they take the putter back, the putter head back around the same distance on all putts. And then they're responsible for manually controlling the speed. They constantly have to slow down or speed up, depending on the putt, how far they've got to hit the putt. So, in other words, if someone takes it back 10 inches, the putter head back 10 inches, and they have a four-foot fast putt, they're going to have to decelerate or the ball would go too hard, too far. Um, if they've got a 50-foot putt and they take it back 10 inches, they're going to have to actually hit it harder than they should. So, you know, I'm always trying to get people to understand the feel of the putter head, how far it goes back. Your job, the player's job, is to take the putter back the right distance. Its job is to fall. So you just get out of its own way. It falls to the golf ball. I feel like once you hit the strike the golf ball, a lot of energy is absorbed and impact. The putter starts slowing down immediately, and then it starts. That's why putting strokes are equal on both sides of the golf ball. Or, believe it or not, some of the best strokes are a little shorter in the follow-through than they were in the backstroke because the ball is absorbing energy. I, hopefully that makes sense to you. 
Well, it certainly does. How does a player, the amateur, become a better lag putter? <laughs> Work. Well, I wouldn't say that. I shouldn't say it like that. But um, it starts with contact. In other words, if you're mishitting putts and you can't find the face of the putter, you know, you're not going to have good speed control. So you have to have a good mechanical stroke. That's why I start with rolling the ball straight in a good setup. Then you've got to work on speed. So the only way that's going to happen, you know, I ask people to start with walking 15 paces away from a hole. That's 45 feet. And then walk another 10 paces. But basically you've got to start practicing long lag putts if you're ever going to develop speed control, even if you roll the ball straight up your the face. You're not going to develop speed control until you work on it. You know, Ben Crenshaw, I was coaching a guy, Chip Beck, this obviously I'm dating myself a little bit, but back in 93, 94, 95, twice he was paired with Ben Crenshaw, who arguably is top five of all time best putters. And I, would watch, I watched him putt two 18-hole competitive rounds, and his ability to get the ball close to the hole on a 50, 60-foot breaking putt was just uncanny. And so I got his, um, it was it's a VHS tape. I'm really dating myself now, right? <laughs> but um, it was called The Art of Putting. And I don't remember all the content, but I remember the end. At the end of the, of the tape, he said the best thing, the most important thing that Harvey Pennick ever sent him or said to him was to work on long-breaking putts. So obviously that he paid huge dividends for him in his career because he had incredible speed control. The reason why people three-putt is they don't get their first putt close to the hole. So you've got to really work on it. You start with solid contact, then really put your time in, and you'll become a better like putter. Todd, I really want to congratulate you on winning the uh, PGA of America Horton Smith Award. I know it's a, a tremendous honor, and hopefully I'll be down in uh, Palm Springs. Uh, no, it's yeah, it's Palm Springs in uh in Florida, I think they'll be giving out the awards at the uh, ceremony down there. Congratulations on receiving that. Yeah, thank you. It's actually West Palm Beach. Palm Springs is in California. Oh, West yeah. Palm Beach, Florida is um, where they do that. And, yeah, it's going to be in November. It's going to be a special night. But I was obviously very humbled by it, and um, it just makes me want to keep working harder and keep trying to give back, right, to the game. The book is In the Zone, Learn to Putt Like a Champion. Uh, you can uh, check out Todd Sones at his uh, website, toddsones.com, S-O-N-E-S, or thescoringzone.com. Uh, learn more about it. And uh, where else can people pick up the book if they're looking to get a copy? Where can you get everything on Amazon, right? <laughs> of course. I was, driving down, I was driving down the road the other day, and there were literally four big Amazon trucks behind me. And I was like... It's just it look, almost like a look like a government thing. I'm like this is just surreal. But anyway, it is what it is, right? It is what it is. No question. In the zone, learn to putt like a champion. Todd Sones, uh, the rider and uh, accomplished, longtime master PGA Tour teacher. Thank you so much for taking some time for us this morning, and uh, hopefully we can catch up with you again down the road. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Have a great day, and and uh, let's all play better. Let's putt better, right? Exactly. That's what I'm trying to do. And you're going to help me. Uh, absolutely. You and I are going to get together this week. I'm going to help you with your putting and a little bit with uh, your full swing. I'm not sure how much we can handle in one session. Uh, this could be a work in progress. It will be a work in progress. So we've got the book, uh, In the Zone, Learn to Putt Like a Champion, Todd Sones. I'm going to start uh, going, to, going to town on that.
getting some good thoughts in my head. Uh, when we come back, we'll wrap things up with the business of golf. Take a look at uh, the uh, President's Cup standings. This is the last week for guys to accumulate points. So who's likely to be on that team uh, when they meet in Australia later in December? It's Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Which new driver is best for your game? Who makes the best golf gear? Where should you take your next golf vacation? Which local course should you get to know better? This is the business of golf every week on Golf in the Northwest on 1080 The Fan. Jason Swigard, Harold Bluestein back here with you. 851 wrapping things up. Thanks again to Marina Alex and Todd Sones for uh, joining us. Hopefully you uh, enjoyed those interviews as much as uh, we enjoyed uh, conducting them and as we uh, take a look at where the tours are i think all eyes this week are on the uh, the pga tour bmw championship medina one of the more famed stops uh courses in the country uh, hosted a Ryder cup not that long ago uh but not only do we cut from 70 to uh 30 we we i know we we still have a few minutes there easy will wrap it up <laughs> um but, yeah, they go from 70 to 30 to the Tour Championship next week at Eastlake. Uh, Phil and Tiger have work to do this weekend. Also, after this week, uh, it cuts off the first eight uh, for both the international team and the U.S. team for the President's Cup will be set. And uh, there's a couple of guys just on the outside. Tony Finau is 10th. Gary Woodland, 9th. Ricky Fowler, 11th. Patrick Reed, 12th. All those guys, uh, if they have a big week, I think they might need to win. Um, uh, Gary Woodland might be able to play his way in if they have a good showing, but they need to uh, all be making moves. Now, Tony Finau is uh, amongst the the leaders up there. He has a chance to play his way in. I'm going to guess Finau is going to be in no matter what. Fowler is going to be in no matter what. After that, We'll see what Tiger decides to do for his last two captain spots. Well, I think he has to take Patrick Reed also. Uh, Patrick has some some personality issues. Sometimes it can be difficult to get along with in a team situation. But uh, he got the nickname Captain America for a reason. This yep. guy really... When you take down Rory McIlroy one-on-one at the Ryder Cup, you're, you're pretty much going to be a captain's pick for as long as you your game is in somewhat normal shape. Absolutely, and he really rises to the top. You and I were talking off the air about uh, Jordan Spieth and, and yeah. what he should be doing. He is so far down the list, there's no way he should be a captain's pick no. or do anything but work on his game to to come back. Well, and I was asking you about that. If you if you were his coach, mm-hmm. uh, and so we get to see if he can't have a big uh, movement here uh, today, playing himself into he's not going to be part of the tour championship. And what would you advise? Would you, do you say, listen, you need to put those clubs away. You need to not think about golf for a month. Call me October first, and we'll start putting a plan together for next season. Or do you turn it around and say, hey? Take a week, go on a little vacation, uh, but I'm going to meet you next weekend in Texas at his home, wherever his home course is, and we're going to start working on this right away. Well, I would sit down with the player and say, okay, do you need to rest? Is this an issue where your body is tired, you're burned out a little bit, you're frustrated? Uh, sometimes a break can work in that respect. Patrick Reed took a 10-day break, spent time with the family, got himself straight, came back, and he wins. 
will this work for Jordan Spieth? I'm not sure until I would chat with him. But there's some issues in his full swing that really need to be addressed. And he may need to to take a little physical rest first, uh, 10 days, two weeks, I wouldn't say a month, and come back and, and really hit it hard. Uh, there's some breakdown in his lower body, some breakdown in his in his left side coming through the ball. And so consequently, he's got a two-way miss. And usually a two-way miss is because we're just not very stable in our lower body, and the upper body has to make it up. Uh, so he'll have a, uh, a flip a hook or he'll hit a dead right. Tiger's experiencing the same thing. Tiger's got an excuse because of the, the physical limitations that he's faced. But Patrick need, uh, Spieth needs to actually make a change to his swing. And I don't think you need to throw everything out, but there's some, there's some issues that need to be addressed. And in this case, I wouldn't let the player dictate how much he needs to work on it. I'd say, you need to do this in order to play better and hit fairways yeah. and greens. So take take a little time to, to clear your mind and be ready to focus and work. Right. And then once once you're ready, call me and, and we'll meet you wherever you want. Yeah, the there, player has to buy into yeah. what those changes are. So there's some guys going low early. Wyndham Clark, the former Duck, 5-under through 11. He is uh, shooting his way up the leaderboard. He is currently uh, tied for 15th at 7-under. So uh, the leaders will tee off uh, around uh, 11 a.m. Between 10.30 and 11 a.m. They'll pick the coverage up at noon on KGW8. And uh, so you can follow along there as well. Thanks again to Marina Alex for joining us uh, in studio here this morning and for Todd Sones on the phone. Next week will be our final show. So we'll get you, we'll know who's on that President's Cup team. We'll uh, discuss kind of our players of the year, wrap things up, and uh, look ahead to, to the following season. Well, I, and it'll be, you know, some sad moments, tears. Yeah, bring some and, tissue. Yes, uh, for us, parting ways for another offseason. There you but go. But I think we'll get through it. We'll manage. Yeah. As we always do. Yeah, we're, we're tough. We can three-putt three holes uh, in a row look, and come I back and make a 30-footer. like footer. nobody's business. Thanks again <laughs> to Will Darkins. Uh, Center and Scene is coming up next. We've got uh, baseball for you at 930 over on 910 ESPN Portland. For Harold, I'm Jason. Hit him straight. Bogey, 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 bogey. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.